Welcome to Follow Your Curiosity, where we explore the inner workings of the creative process. I'm your host, Nancy Norbeck. Hey, everybody, it's Nancy Norbeck with this week's Creative Pep Talk. And this week, I want to talk to you about small and crappy. Now, this may sound counterintuitive to you. If you really want the queen of counterintuitive pep talks, go check out the one from a few weeks ago about quitting. Um, but I think it's really important to be aware that it's okay to do things that are small and crappy. You know, if we set out from the very beginning of a writing project with the goal of writing the next great American novel that will win the Pulitzer Prize and the Nobel Prize and whatever other prizes sound good to you, you're probably not going to get too far before you are somehow screwed up by that goal. Whether you convince yourself in the middle of page two, if you get that far, that everything you've written is crap, whether it totally skews your sense of the size and the scope of what you're writing, whether it it just makes you so perfectionistic that you never get started, somewhere along the line, it's going to mess with you. Whereas setting out to do something small and crappy is really, really liberating. It's a lot like low expectations, but you can deliberately set out to do a small and crappy work. In fact, it is one of my favorite exercises that I give to clients and students because it completely upends our sense of what creativity is supposed to feel like. I often will have people write a small and crappy poem, and you can do this yourself. You don't need me here for it. Take out a piece of paper and deliberately sit down and write a small and crappy poem. It's supposed to be small, so let's say no more than 10 lines. And crappy, it shouldn't be good. You are deliberately going to make an effort for it not to be good. Now, that can be really hard. It's always hard for me because in my head, I want to pick the cool poetic words that I really like and make it beautiful. Now, there's an easy argument that using cool poetic words does not necessarily make it beautiful, but that's always my impulse. I want to have the big, cool thoughts and put them down. Making the effort to write something crappy is much more of a challenge for me than I ever would have expected the first time I encountered this idea. But like I said, it can be really liberating. That first silly thought that you have, you don't judge it. You just write it down because it's crappy. You might be able to turn it into something else later, but that's a different project. That is not writing a small and crappy poem. So you can run with whatever silly things come into your head. And I will be willing to bet that if you accept my challenge here, you'll be surprised at, first of all, how much fun you have writing it because you'll probably be laughing at it and yourself the entire time, but also how much creative energy it frees up for you to do something else because now you've gotten that editor critic voice out of your head long enough to just put words down without worrying about them. And that, for writers, is half the battle. You can adapt this for music, for dance, for photography, for whatever you want. But I suggest you start with the poem in the first, for first time you do it, at least, just to have the experience of doing that. Because especially if you don't think that you're a poet, it's liberating to write something that succeeds at being small and crappy. The other thing that I want to talk about with this is that I just finished our first creative check-in call, which is a monthly call that I'm doing for free on Sundays. Anybody's welcome to sign up. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. And one of the people who came talked about how fabulous it was 
for her kids to go to a school with a big music program where everyone performed every year, no matter what their skill level. And the kids who were just starting, who were in their first year, got up and performed just like everybody else, even though they were, by any objective standard, terrible. Now, first of all, I would say that those kids had a lot of courage to get up and do that, even though kids may not have a good sense of what their skill level is, and they certainly have not learned yet to be ashamed of not being perfect. But that's where the magic is, because as she pointed out, as painful as it could be for people in the audience to hear kids in their first year perform, everybody else in that room got a dose of seeing that everyone starts badly. Everyone is small and crappy at the beginning. And that's okay. You know, when my nephew, my eldest nephew, was just shy of his first birthday, I wanted to go and do something, learn something musical beyond just voice that I could do with him because I thought it would be fun. And I seriously considered getting a ukulele and learning how to play because everybody said it was easy. But what I quickly realized was that I wasn't sure that I would have the patience even for that because I would want it to be perfect so much more quickly. In retrospect, the fact that I gave into that might have been a little bit of a creative failing. But that was where I was. I just did not believe that it would be worth the money to invest because I had a feeling I would give up on it too soon. How many of us give up on things too soon? How many of us don't actually give ourselves a chance to learn and develop a skill level and see what we could do with something? That's the whole point of the small and crappy poem. And I, I put it to you that no one has ever entered this world at a phenomenal skill level with anything. William Shakespeare did not arrive on this earth knowing how to use the English language, much less how to wield it the way that he did. Neither did Mozart with music. So do something small and crappy. Jill Bodonsky used to tell us all the time in coach training that anything worth doing is worth doing badly. And Lord knows you're going to do it badly when you first start because you don't know how, you don't know any better. The trick is to give yourself the time to develop the skill level and the permission to be small and crappy until that skill level starts to take over. So give the small and crappy poem a try. If you're having trouble with that, I would suggest a journaling question of why do I think that this has to be perfect? Or what do I need to know in order to let myself do small and crappy work? Those could yield some very interesting results for you. Either way, give it a shot. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. Have a good laugh at its expense and your own. Maybe do it with friends, which could be even better, and also show you that truly you are not alone in doing small and crappy work when you start, or just by intention. Either way, it's a great exercise. Give it a try. Let me know how it goes, and I will see you next time. You know, I talk to people all the time who are feeling totally lost, overwhelmed, and stuck creatively. And I know there are lots more of you out there who are feeling the same way. So I made something to help. Check out the link in your podcast app for my creative tune-up kit. It's 37 bucks, super affordable, and it's full of my favorite coaching tools to help you rediscover your creative self and make progress fast. I would love to get it into your hands so that you can get unstuck and create beautiful things this year.
Follow Your Curiosity is produced by me, Nancy Norbeck, with music by Joseph McDade. If you like Follow Your Curiosity, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends. It really helps me reach new listeners. 